Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Why bother with sports nutrition? Well, the reason is the opposite of low energy, frequent infections, recurring injuries, and poor performance. So if you'd like to zing with energy, hit all your PBs, and love your running, Listen in to Karen and Aileen talking about why you should bother with sports nutrition. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs, the podcast for female runners of all abilities. Please join Karen Campbell and Aileen Smith, nutritionists, friends and runners, who are here to help you translate sports nutritional science into easy to apply tips and plans, helping you enjoy peak running performance and especially adding in the female factors every woman needs to know to be a healthy runner. The suggestions we make during this episode are for a guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Ailey to design a personalized sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. Hi everyone, welcome back. I'm Aileen and I'm here again with Karen. Hi Karen, how are you today? Yeah, I'm good, thank you Aileen. Looking forward to our today uh, to today's topic. Yes, so today's topic is all about focusing on the why of sports nutrition. So, you know, it's something we talk about every week, but we thought we'd just go back to basics this week and uh, talk about the the big why so that we're all really focused. Um, But before we get going, um, let's uh, dive into a couple of just personal stuff about uh, Karen and I and what we do. Um, so Karen, I know that we we always talk about the food first approach as nutritional therapists uh, regarding general everyday nutrition, but also sports nutrition. Um, but we know that a lot of people use ergogenic aids uh, to support optimal sports performance. And uh, I just wondered what what you use. Is there are there any ergogenic aids over and above food that you you take every day or when you go out running to help you yeah that's a, a really good question alien and um i have to say i think probably my my principal ergogenic aids are are my running shoes i know they're not a food aid but they certainly do help enhance my running performance i think alongside my daily re- nutrition and my nutrition specific to my running um i i don't actually tend to use the concentrated gels and bars that you can buy because i i prefer really to to make my own foods to eat for pre, during and post running. But on saying that, I have to say I do use electrolyte tablets, which um, could be classed as an ergogenic aid. And I have recently, since um, lockdown, since COVID, um, started having a coffee before some of my runs, not all of them, but some of them. And caffeine is definitely classed as an ergogenic aid. There's been so much research into that. So um, that would be the way I use them. But how about you, Aileen? Do you use any aids to support your running performance? Uh, no, not really. Apart from the things you've mentioned, um, I've never thought about my shoes being an ergogenic aid. But uh, yeah, definitely, I think it's really important to have the right shoes. And uh, obviously, the right kit helps everything be much more comfortable. Um, I do use electrolyte drops. Um, I never used coffee in the past. But a few years ago, I was on holiday with my sister. And we were we were near the coast. And every morning, um, I'd go out for a run and she'd cycle alongside me. And um, we got into this habit of stopping halfway at a coffee kiosk. And I did, I, I thought it was quite amusing actually at the time. So I was like, I've never stopped for a coffee in the middle of a run before. Mm-hmm. But I did notice that the second half of the run was much faster. Um, so it's not something I actively choose to do. Um, but 
you know, in the past where I would never have done it now, I think, well, you know, if I've had a cup of coffee before, depending on what time of day it is, then, you know, that's fine. I don't think it's going to negatively affect me. Um, and like you, I'm not really keen on gels or sports drinks. Um, I find them gloopy and too sugary. And so I really prefer to use natural foods. And, and I feel that a holistic approach to um, foundational nutrition and adapting food and supplements for training and races really works best for me. And it's more enjoyable, I think, too. So, mm. so yeah, so moving on to today's topic, which we, we've said is all about the why of sports nutrition. Um, so that, you know, as, as you probably know, this is a, um, a topic, I'll say, as you know, I'm talking to you, our listeners, that we, we focus on uh, during our Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners program, uh, when we, we're looking at the fundamentals of sports nutrition, which we'll tell you a little bit more about as, as we go on. Um, but the focus really today of, um, you know, why bother with sports nutrition? So we're going to talk about the benefits of sports nutrition outline the consequences of poor sports nutrition and look at what you can do to enhance nutrition for your running. So Karen, let's let's get started by discussing the benefits of sports nutrition, which again, I suppose is something that we do in all of our episodes because that's really why we're here. Um, but let's um, what we tend to do is like look at one aspect of sports nutrition and discuss it in detail. So it'd be quite nice today just to sort of bring it all together and look at things in the round. Um, so bearing that in mind, you know, what's your view on the key principles of sports nutrition, Karen? Yeah, and I think you're you're right, Aileen. You know, we do speak about this subject all the time, don't we? It's it's what we do and and who we are really. And 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 our principal aim of the podcast is to educate our listeners on that on those benefits of introducing nutrition specific to their running and training, so that they can reach their performance goals. But um, Sort of just thinking about the question you've just asked me, what are the key principles of sports nutrition? Well, I, I think there are lots, actually. Um, but the key ones that um, we're going to include today are um, general good health. Um, it's really important for that because really good good health is going to underpin sports performance at the end of the day. It's about providing energy to fuel the working muscles. Uh, sports nutrition is also really important for supporting the immune system and then if we support the immune system then it's going to help prevent uh, injury it's going to support recovery and repair from training and then sports nutrition itself is also important for training adaptation which also includes body composition in there and then ultimately the goal is um, sports performance that is why we introduce nutrition specific to sports so those would be the key principles Aileen. So quite a few to consider there um, yeah. but one thing I think it's important to just note that um, when we're doing easy running training or events that last less than 90 minutes, we may not actually require sport specific nutrition. So an everyday healthy diet that incorporates all the, the principles of healthy everyday eating would be suffice. That would be enough. And, um, you know, that's something we've, we've talked about a lot in various different episodes. But if you want to really, um, listen to something in a little bit more detail i'd suggest that people go back to episode 11 which is nutrition basics for all runners um but if you're training for less than 90 minutes um and it includes technical sessions um so when i'm thinking about technical sessions i'm thinking about hill drills tempo running hit um, then the sports nutrition principles might need to be incorporated into your eating plan to support that kind of training and, and that's where it might be helpful to work with a sports nutrition practitioner um, and because that would help you determine if you needed to be thinking about sports specific nutrition um, or if uh, if an optimal everyday diet would be um, enough for you in those situations. Um, so that's just something to consider. And obviously, you know, you can ask questions uh, of us in our Facebook group or if you want to 
um, have some professional help, you can email us at hello at runnershealthhub.com. So Karen, uh, I know time is a bit limited today and we've got a lot of principles to talk through. So could we just start by giving an overview on good general health? Yeah, absolutely, Erin. So, and you've already touched upon it um, when you mentioned that possibly an everyday optimal diet is all that a runner may need um, because having that optimal everyday diet will really help achieve general good health. Um, But uh, healthy everyday nutrition is important for all runners, really, because it is the base on which sports specific nutrition is built upon. So maybe that's all some runners need. Um, but everybody needs it even before starting um, the sports specific nutrition. And um, and another basic principle of sports sports nutrition is that it provides the energy for working muscles. So it provides the fuel to help us keep on running, and that's what we what we want to do. Um, and energy production is complex, and it requires both the macronutrients and the micronutrients. And we do tend to assess energy really by the amount of macronutrients we consume. So thinking about the carbohydrates, the proteins, and the fats, which which is absolutely right. Um, They are the nutrients that are providing the fuel. However, um, they're not burned as carbohydrates, proteins and fats. They have to be metabolized into sort of the glucose, the amino acids and the fatty acids, respectively, um, to to be utilized as fuel. And Clearly, this um, conversion process requires what's known as cofactors, and these cofactors come in the form of the vitamins and minerals, so the micronutrients. So this goes back really to the importance of consuming that optimal everyday diet to ensure that we have sufficient micronutrients as well as the macronutrients to produce that energy. So they're both really, really key. Yeah, and I like the way that you used that word optimal, Karen. So you said an optimal everyday diet. And when you said earlier about general good health, what was in my mind was we very throw away this comment, you know, general good health. But what does it mean? And I I really think we should be calling it optimal good health because optimal Mm. is much more exciting than general, isn't it? (laughs) Really, optimal is singing with energy and being able to do everything and not getting ill. Um, So Mm. that's, I think, really worthwhile, just bearing that in mind. Yeah, so so if we move on and think about um, some more of the the benefits of sports nutrition, we we could think about the benefits on the immune system. Um, And there's been uh, quite a bit of research to suggest that moderate and consistent exercise promotes a healthy immune system. And, you know, during COVID and lockdown, that's, you know, a big health message, isn't it? You know, get out there and do some Mm -hmm. exercise every day and that's going to support your immune system. Um, But we also know that, when we're doing the harder, uh, longer endurance runs, that you know may lead to the immune system being suppressed, which may mean we're more susceptible to infections and illness. So it's all really about balance um, and supporting, and, and obviously supporting the immune system with good nutrition is going to help you with your resilience when it comes to this potential suppression of the immune system. You know, and, and again, I, I guess everybody. It knows a lot about the immune system now. Uh, it's very intricate and complex and it uses lots of different specialist cells and mechanisms to deal with a whole host of health issues. Um, and like all body systems, the immune system and the immune cells are relying on optimal nutrition. So that's optimal supplies of the macronutrients that Karen was mentioning, the protein, the carbohydrate and the fat, and also the micronutrients, the vitamins and the minerals. Um and it's all about having a, a wide range and diversity of these um, micronutrients as well. Um, so potentially, you know, if you have a low nutrient status and you're undernourished, uh, your immune system might not function at its best. So, um, you know, it's really important to think about your immune system as a runner. Yeah, absolutely. Eileen, you were speaking about how important the immune system is for um, a whole host of health issues. And I think um, 
appropriate recovery from training um, is going to impact the immune system as well. And the immune system may impact that optimal recovery from training. So all really intricate and, and intertwined. So again, if we do not give ourselves that sufficient time to recover between the training sessions, then that could lead to the likes of tiredness, fatigue and stress. And that's all really well known to to compromise the the immune system so um these are all really key factors and thinking about that that recovery and the repair nutrition clearly is important here too and the adequate intake of carbohydrates is especially important um as it is known to encourage that quick and efficient recovery and and also appropriate carbohydrate intake um is is known to spare protein as well and we've spoken about this in other episodes and what that means is that it's spared from being utilized to produce the energy um which is important because that recovery period in that recovery period protein is really required for the muscle building and the muscle repair so we want to have adequate carbohydrates so that the body's not tapping into the protein to convert it to energy it's being spared so that it can really support that muscle building and that muscle repair following training Mm. yeah i think that's that's a good one to think about isn't it remembering to take have enough carbohydrate because the protein is going to really help your muscle building and repair and it's a good way to think of it I believe exactly and I think um, sports nutrition is important um, for injury prevention as well but alongside that just making sure that there's appropriate sleep and appropriate rest as well so so this is really I'm thinking here about the the performance triangle that that we speak about in in um, a few of the different uh, episodes Aileen, but but definitely in episode one um, we really discuss it in in detail and what it what it represents sense but also in the easy nutrition for healthy runner training as well now just as an overview that that performance triangle is made up of three equal sides um, representing training nutrition and sleep and rest and these are all really key to um, sports performance but it's but, but to prevent injury and really to support everything that we're discussing today, that that uh, performance triangle does need to be in place. Um, so, um, yeah, and, and, and the sort of rest and sleep, the nutrition and the training, it all really needs to be in balance to prevent um, inflammation because both acute and chronic inflammation actually can lead to that injury. So supporting the immune system and also having sufficient recovery would also be really important here to help prevent injury occurring. Um, and I think from this, it, it is really easy to see how all the different principles of sports nutrition that, we're, that we've spoken about um, already do overlap. Um, and uh, if one aspect of it is compromised, it can have a knock-on effect on other areas. For example, if the immune system is compromised, then that could lead to poor recovery, but also that increased risk of illness and injury. So everything is very intertwined and it's about bringing, bringing it all back into balance again. Yeah, and, and as you said, Karen, it really shows how all aspects of health and well-being and performance are interconnected. And mm-hmm. sometimes people don't think about that, you know, and, and as functional um, medicine practitioners, we're always keen to get to the root of a problem, you know, so it's not just, well, I'm tired. It's like, well, why are you tired and what could be contributing to that? So, and I think it's, you know, similar sort of thing as a as a runner, if our performance isn't where it should be or we're regularly getting infections or injuries it's like well what's what's really the underlying reason and I think that's one of the the reasons that we're, we constantly talk about this optimal well-being and, and how we can support people in being 
a healthy woman, healthy runner, really. Absolutely, um, because it's more than than um, than one area. It's that holistic approach. So it's more than just the nutrition. It's the lifestyle. It's the sleep and rest. It's the stress. So there's there's so much to be taken into consideration. Mm. Good. Okay. So um, before we move on, I thought we might want to take just a little quick look at some of the benefits of sports nutrition for training adaptation. So specifically thinking about body composition here, although I know, Karen, there's lots of other training adaptations that uh, you could talk about associated with sports nutrition. So thinking about body composition, um, one of the things that um, people could do is is think about the strategic timing of food intake, in particular to encourage something known as fat oxidation. So that's really the use of fat as fuel. And that's generally achieved by running um, up to 90 minutes in a fasted state. So, you know, if your daily training routine allows for that to be able to do um, your your runs first thing in the morning before you've eaten breakfast and do the runs up to 90 minutes in that fasted state, it's going to be really beneficial um, to body composition. Um, secondly, um, it's Another aspect that you could consider is what we would call encouraging appropriate energy balance. So, for example, having an energy, a negative energy balance for weight loss. So that's really making sure that your energy intake is less than the energy out in order to lose weight. But it's important really to, to ensure that whatever your food intake is, that it's nutrient dense. So we're not just thinking about calories here. We're thinking about the nutrients that you need to support all aspects of running performance um, that we've already mentioned, things like immune support and recovery and repair. And then thirdly, um, I was also thinking about um, adequate protein intake um, to support muscle mass, but also the thermogenic effects that uh, protein uh, may have in supporting fat loss. And by that, what I mean is that the digestion and absorption, as well as the transportation and storage of protein, uses a lot more energy than that of carbohydrate and fat. So that's three uh, things that you could take into consideration when you're thinking about adapting your sports nutrition for body composition. Um, so just to round up, a um, little quick summary before we, we go on to our next area of discussion. So we've, we've outlined and discussed some of the benefits of sports nutrition for running performance. Um, but remember, this list is no, by no means exhaustive. You know, we could probably have come up with 20 or 30 benefits. Um, there's lots of um, benefits to including sports nutrition in your training plan. But obviously, it's going to be personalized for each runner. Um, we've also talked about the importance of having an optimal everyday um, food plan and diet before you introduce running specific nutrition. Um, so that that's really, really crucial. And we've highlighted the benefits of sports nutrition in preventing a compromised immune system, which could have a knock-on effect and increase the risk of injury, illness, and possibly slow recovery from training. And that's just to name a few. So, so lots of things to think about. Um, so, Karen, just turning this on its head, what would you say the consequences of poor nutrition is on our run training and performance? Yeah, that's a really good point, Aileen. But I think to, to put it simply, um, I think the consequences really would be the opposite of the benefits. So, um, so the opposite really of of what we've what we've just um, discussed, um, and. Um, if we, what I think I would like to look at now really is if we were to neglect to address our nutrition for health and performance, what could that result in? Well, it could result in um, a loss of mojo for running, potentially taking time out of running for recovery. And then, um, and, and as we know, coming back from injury or illness or anything, if we've had to take time out of running, it's really hard coming back and getting to that place where you were before. Um, and also um, it can lead to a real lack of motivation for running and and all these factors can potentially lead to um, to fatigue and 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 that can then move move on and have a spiraling effect and and become what is known as non-functional overreaching or potentially worse overtraining syndrome. So 
non-functional overreaching state just to um and and overtraining just to let you know a little bit more about it we have we do discuss this in another episode but there're two physiological conditions which are characterized by an impairment of physical performance basically um so so to determine to, between functional overreaching and non-functional overreaching functional overreaching is a desired state so that's a a, a desired state that follows high intensity exercise and is characterized by a fast recovery and a positive physiological adaptation in response to the exercise so that's really what we're looking for from our training however with non-functional overreaching it it then um is just tipping over the edge so so if you if you think of that um bell curve you're you're um your functional overreaching, you're heading up towards the top of that bell curve and you want to maintain, you want to be at the top. However, this non-functional over, overreaching is when you tip over the other side and, and the work that you're doing is starting to become really detrimental to your health and also to your performance. Um, so, so the idea of sports nutrition is to really help maintain that functional overreaching state. Mm, I think that's an interesting um, point that you raised there, Karen. And I, I think the um, the functional overreaching, you, you can imagine yourself in that situation, can't you? You know, when you just, you know, you've got a little bit extra and maybe you're working with a trainer and they're pushing you to just achieve a bit more and you feel really good afterwards. And then there's the other one where you, you're actually not getting any benefit out of pushing yourself so uh, yeah, I can really identify with both of those areas. Yeah. Uh, but just to, to give a little everybody a, an idea of what the overtraining syndrome is, um, it's sort of the, I suppose it's the opposite of what you've just said there, Karen. It's sustained and a dramatic impairment of physical performance. So it's not just a one-off. It's when you you're overtraining day in and day out, uh, and possibly due to excessive exercise sessions. So either high intensity or high volume training and also associated with that is inadequate recovery periods. So, you know, maybe never giving yourself a rest day or possibly doing lots of back-to-back training. Um, and, And that's often linked to inappropriate nutrition alongside intense exercise. Um, so we do discuss this in episode six, uh, the performance ep- effects of overtraining syndrome. Um, so it's, that's an interesting listen. Um, and, you know, it's something that a lot of women sort of fall into that without even realizing. So I think it's worth uh, bring, bringing that up as a, a point of interest, really. Um, so as you can see, if we don't address, address our nutrition for our running, as Karen said, it could have a spiral effect on our performance and possibly for the long term, uh, which none of us want. Um, so, Karen, are there any female factors we should consider regarding sports nutrition for running? Yes, actually, there there are a few, Aileen. Um, so, what what um, has been found is that women tend to be more susceptible to autoimmune conditions. So what I'm thinking regarding that is that they may be at more risk of that compromised immunity. And um, because we know that they're more susceptible to autoimmune conditions, which clearly is linked to the immune system, and sort of this compromised immunity could increase the risk of injury and illness in training if they if they don't address their their um, nutrition and also women appear to be at increased risk of injury besides men um, and it seems to be predominantly in the lower limbs now why that should be I don't know it could just be that most of the 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 research has been done on the lower limbs so I'm not sure why why it's particularly the lower limbs but that's been the outcome uh, in fact there was one study that um 
noted that over a two-year period, 73% of women and only 62% only, but still quite high, 62% of men sustained an, in- an injury. So, so you know, significantly higher in women than in men. And and this, this risk of injury seems to be um, increased in women 50 years or older. Um, but a, there seems to be a lower risk among those that are 30 or younger. So um, it, it could be that when you're over 50, you've moved into that peri or menopause stage of life and, and the changes in hormone balance and bone density is actually having an effect here. Mm. And are there any other um, sort of midlife female factors that would affect us with regards to sports nutrition, Karen? Yes, I think um, sort of thinking about menopause, it can have an effect on body composition as well, leading to um, some weight gain, natural weight gain. Now, this is is thought to be because fat cells... are the principal source of estrogen production following um, the cessation of them being produced in the in the reproductive system. So it appears that we do gain a little bit of of, of weight so that we have more fat cells for producing estrogen. And also, as we get older, it's just that bit more difficult to lose weight, and I can relate to that. Um, and, and that's thought to, to potentially be linked to a natural reduction in resting metabolic rate at, at midlife. Now, these are just a, a few female factors, but I do think that they highlight the importance really for, for us as women of consuming a diet um, to really support our running, to help minimise the risks of, of any of the conditions and situations that, that we've discussed, Aileen. Okay, great. So just a little bit of a summary again, uh, because we've spoken quite about quite a lot. Um, so we, we've talked about the potential pitfalls to our health and training if nutrition for running is suboptimal. Um, and, um, you know, maybe we haven't even considered that that might be the case. Um, also that there's a risk of injury and illness, which could ultimately lead to time out of running and loss of motivation for running. And, and both of those are frustrating and um, nobody would like to be in that place. Um, so the next we're going to look at food and nutrition and, and what people can actually do to enhance nutrition for their running yeah, actually, Aileen, just before we do that, um, sh- should we maybe just take a short advert break? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, um, yeah, well, this is the point of the um, of the episode where Karen and I take a, a minute just to talk to you about some other aspects of our, our work outside of the podcast. Um, as you know, Karen and I are just like you. We're busy working women and, and we run for health, fitness, achievement, as well as a bit of fun along the way. Um, but even as nutritional therapists, we've had our own personal running performance struggles. And that really, um, you know, is something that even, you know, with all of our expertise has been challenging at times. However, we, we managed to resolve those struggles um, with the foundational have everyday healthy eating plan and we fine-tuned that with sports nutrition principles to help maximize our running performance and minimize injury Um, and we we took what we did for ourselves and turned it into um, our program easy nutrition for healthy runners Um, so it's a a fairly short program Um, it's a video program which you can complete in 30 minutes a day over two weeks, or you can take as, as long as you need to. Um, so if you've been listening today and thinking that you'd like to know more about how to apply both everyday nutrition alongside sports-specific nutrition, this program's really a great place to start. It gives you lots of information and short, easy, um, bite-sized pieces and lots of easy action steps to take too. So it's um, it's something that's very easy to put into place so if you're interested uh, you can find all the details at our website which is runnershealthhub.com if you look at the top menu bar at the online program uh, you'll find all the information there and if you've got any questions about the program please feel free to email us or message us Uh, our email address is hello at runnershealthhub.com so we'd love to see you there at some point
Great, thanks, Aileen. So now let's move on and consider some food and nutrition ideas to ensure you're minimising your risk of any injury, illness, or anything else that we have discussed today, any of those risk factors. Um, And as we said right at the beginning, that everyday healthy diet is the best place to start. But then once you've got that in place, it's then important to start to consider the amount and the timing of the foods that you eat, again, to ensure that you're fueling appropriately for the amount of exercise you're completing. Now, I'm not going to go into details of the 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 amounts of food and and um, nutrient timing here because we do go into detail about it in um in some other episodes including episode two macronutrients to help runners go faster and longer then in episode eight nutrient timing for performance that's a really good one to listen to and then again in episode 28 uh, nutritional periodization for runners so i'd really recommend that you maybe go back if you want to learn more about nutrient timing and nutrient load but remember like we said before that not everyone will need to introduce running specific nutrition for some it may be just about introducing an everyday healthy diet but just ensuring that that healthy diet is being introduced consistently day in and day out yeah, that's a, a really um, strong message there, Karen. Um, so I think maybe next we could look at some key nutrients and foods that would support every runner in in particularly reducing uh, risk of injury and illness and, and some of the other conditions that we've, we've mentioned earlier. Um, from what we've discussed um, so far, I would say that supporting the immune system is a priority um, because if it's suboptimal, it leads to a runner's risk of developing an illness or becoming injured in training. Um, again, I know we, we keep repeating all these different episodes that we've done in the past, but um, we, we do talk about a lot about this in episode 14, which is all about endurance running and immune support. Um, but I think we could still go through some of the, the nutrients um, again, because I think it's always good to have a bit of uh, a, an update and a revision. Um, so, Karen, the, the ones for me that spring to mind are uh, vitamin D, uh, omega fat, omega-3 fatty acids, and also uh, beta-glucans, particularly uh, found in mushrooms. Um, so I'll just run through those, and then maybe you could add some more to the list, mm. Karen, as we go yeah. along. Um, so I think, you know, the immune system at the moment, because of COVID, it's like our number one priority. And um, vitamin D, uh, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of research going on at this very moment about how vitamin D uh, insufficiency might be one of the risk factors for COVID. Uh, So it's important that we get this right. Um, So vitamin D is known as a sunshine vitamin, and it's known to enhance the function of immune cells. And deficiency is really common in a lot of autoimmune conditions. Um, So as female runners, uh, we are, are at an, an increased risk of developing an autoimmune condition, as Karen mentioned earlier. So it's definitely worthwhile having your uh, vitamin D levels checked. In fact, very day yesterday, I was uh, with a client who had asked to get a vitamin D test, and she brought her results to her consultation yesterday, and um, and she was in a very low state. So she was um, at um, the very much insufficient stay and if she hadn't done that check we wouldn't have been able to give her the right uh, level of supplementation Um, so it's a very easy test to get you can either get it via your GP uh, or doctor or buy a home test kit this particular client did a home test kit and that gave us the results uh, very quickly Um, you you can get small amounts of vitamin d in fish butter eggs and other meats and 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 sometimes it's in foods that have been fortified Uh, but really um, if you're deficient uh, supplementation uh, will be required so that's um, quite a crucial um, vitamin and it's an easy one for us to resolve i mean i think a lot of runners because we're we're outdoors a lot during the summer hopefully our vitamin d levels are topped up naturally um but in the winter we it's something we need to pay attention to yeah karen could i ask you to talk about the omega-3s 
Yeah, sure. So, so, and we, we, most of us, I think, know that omega-3 fatty acids have, um, the anti-inflammatory properties, um, specifically the DHA and EPA, which are substrates of omega-3. They're known to decrease the secretion of, um, inflammatory molecules, whilst also at the same time supporting the production of anti-inflammatory molecules and mediators. And these, these molecules, anti-inflammatory molecules are known as resolvins. Um, and these anti-inflammatory effects of omega-3s uh, are, are known and have been found to support that muscle re- recovery, therefore potentially limiting the damage from training. Yeah, so, so taking your omega-3s either through oily fish or nuts and seeds um, or, or by supplementation, again, is really um, important important part of your uh, nutrition plan um, and then the third one that we were talking about uh, that I mentioned earlier were the beta glucans um, and um, you know they're very potent immune modulators um, so they're very supportive in bringing the immune system back into balance um, you find them in lots of different foods um, oats barley baker's yeast whole grains and mushrooms particularly the um sort of the more unusual types of mushrooms like reishi, maitake and shiitake. Um, but you can actually uh, get supplementation of beta-glucans. And, and I'm always really um, championing this as a, as, a, as a supplement because I think it's a really uh, important one for the immune system. Um, and if, you, if you're buying any immune supplements, you might want to just have a look at the label and see if it includes uh, beta-glucans. Um, so particularly the beta one to three and the one to six glucan is that's a natural form of, of soluble dietary fiber. And it, it comes from the cell wall of baker's yeast. Um, and it, it's a pure extraction. So it's not going to cause a problem if you've got a yeast intolerance. Um, but it's, um, a supplement that, um, I, I recommend regularly to clients and I think it's really protective particularly in the the COVID environment that we're in. Mm. So Karen what what nutrients um, would you um, add to the list that we going to talk about today yeah i think the ones to sort of supplement the ones that you've just spoken about alien that are springing to my one to my mind are the ones that would be required for supporting soft tissue so um this clearly would be important for efficient recovery from training and also like i said earlier the prevention of injury so so really thinking about the the raw nutrients for building collagen and um, there are many nutrients required to, for for collagen production, but three that spring to mind um, for discussion maybe today are um, vitamin C, manganese, and protein. Um, now, the vitamin C itself is really important in the regulation of collagen synthesis, but also for um, collagen stability within the soft tissue. Um, so foods that you could consider here for um, vitamin C include um, bell peppers, which is uh, one of the the most potent foods, uh, especially the red bell peppers, but also strawberries, uh, broccoli and tomatoes, kiwi fruit, sugar snap peas, and of course the citrus fruits, which I think everybody associates with vitamin C, sort of oranges, lemons, limes, they they contain them as well. And then manganese, that's not really a, a nutrient you hear people speaking about very often, um, but manganese is really important for activating the collagen-producing enzymes. Um, and it's also known to, to protect collagen from damage. So, so a really key nutrient, although we don't hear about it very often. And, um, and foods where it can be found um, are uh, the likes of nuts and seeds, um, but also the whole grains as well. So your brown rice, your quinoa, your millet, um, foods like that. And then thinking about protein, well, I think we all know that protein um, is important, really, in most processes in the body. Um, But here we're specifically looking at its ability to enhance wound healing. And and also um, whey protein, especially, is rich in the amino acid glutamine. And glutamine is needed um, for that 
collagen production as well. Uh, but also other amino acids can, can support that overall growth and construction of soft tissue. So amino acids, um, and just remembering that amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. Um, so other ones include glycine and proline, lysine and L-taurine. Um, so, so as you can see, really a diet that is high in protein and in different varieties of protein as well is going to be really key to support overall soft tissue health and um i'm sure we're all really aware of foods where we can where we can get protein but but having a mixture of the meat proteins but also the non-meat proteins as well so your legumes and also again that there's some protein found in whole grains um, and then the likes of soybean, which I know is a legume, but soybean and, and its different products as well are good sources of non-meat based protein. So um, so those are the three really alien that spring to my mind for um, for supporting soft tissue. Yeah, that's great, because often I think when people think about collagen, they, they automatically think they need, um, you know, a, a supplement. But actually, if you've got the right building blocks, your body can also help you know make collagen um also just just another sort of thought as we we move on karen is that i think if people um considered you know having a gen a general anti-inflammatory diet that really supports the immune f- uh, system and reduces the risk of, of inflammatory induced conditions so when we're thinking about anti-inflammatory foods um, and, and creating a food plan about around that um, it, it's a little bit like a traditional mediterranean diet but we're, we're looking at, at minimizing processed foods and really focusing on you know, a, a wide variety of, of, of foods and ingredients, so vegetables and fruit, plant-based foods, oily fish, nuts and seeds, and good quality animal protein. So, um, you know, all of the things that you just mentioned, um, you would probably be able to get through a really good quality uh, Mediterranean diet. Okay, so just uh, just rounding up now. Uh, so we've discussed some key nutrients and in which foods you'll find them, and they'll all support the immune system. And so by by eating like that, you're going to be reducing your risk of illness, injury, and you're going to hopefully be supporting an efficient uh, recovery from training. And the nutrients that we've focused on today are the omega three fatty acids, eating a wide range of good quality protein. Uh, vitamin C, manganese, and beta glucans. Um, but if you need any sort of specific uh, requirements for your training, um, just uh, remember that all of these nutrients are going to help you, but you might just need to tweak them in relationship to your training plan. Okay, so we're coming up to the uh, towards the end of the episode, Karen. So um, could I ask you to give... Um, a roundup of the key takeaways, please. Yeah, absolutely, Eileen. So my key takeaways really from today's episode would be um, that there are so many benefits to sports nutrition. However, we've just highlighted a few and highlighted ones that would be specific to running, um, including that immune support, the recovery repair from training and that injury prevention. And and just reiterating that an everyday healthy diet is the best place to begin. But remember, this needs to be in place consistently before considering nutrition specific to your running. Remember that nutrition specific to running may not be necessary for everyone. It will depend on many factors, including the distance you're running, the time out running and the type of running that you're doing as well, whether it's easy or technical running. And I think maybe we've also highlighted that if, if nutrition is neglected, that it could potentially result in time out of running due to the, those injuries and those illnesses. And that can lead to reduced energy and motivation for running, which chronically, if, if nutrition isn't um, addressed, could develop into overtraining sy- syndrome. And there are there are lots of different um, nutrients, key nutrients to consider for um, supporting training and supporting health. Um, we focused on ones today, including the vitamin C, the vitamin D, 
protein, manganese and omega-3 fatty acids. So, and I think it's really important to ensure you include the food sources of these diets in your diet um, um, on a regular basis, day in, day out. And then finally, I think the ultimate goal of sports nutrition is clearly to enhance performance. So whatever your running goals are, remember that what you eat may be the factor that decides whether you achieve that goal or not. Great, Karen. I think you've given us some really powerful reasons to uh, look after both our everyday foundational food plan and also to start looking at um, putting some really strategic sports nutrition in, in place to enhance performance. And, uh, you know, we've mentioned quite a lot of episodes um, within today's episode. Uh, so uh, take a look. We've, we've created quite a back catalogue now over the, over the last year. So have a scroll through the list and um, pick out some of the previous episodes to either refresh your memory or just to listen to uh, for the first time. And, and if you've got a minute, we'd be really grateful if you could give us a review as well. So finally, remember, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. Well, this brings us to the end of another episode of She Runs, Eats, Performs, brought to you by Runners Health Hub, helping female runners to be fitter, faster and stronger. We really hope you've enjoyed listening and you'll join us again soon. In the meantime, we'd be so grateful if you check us out on iTunes and leave a review. And once again, thanks for listening and do let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Bye for now. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months, and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases. <music>